Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Um, Has everyone received an outline that says, are you at peace? If you don't have an outline, raise your hands, and we'll make sure somebody takes care of that for you. Looks like everybody's got one. We want to welcome all of you also joining us online, and uh, thank you for being with us. Um, Today, I really desire to just share with you the truth that you can be at peace. In the midst of turmoil, in the midst of trials, uh, but to kind of get us started off, I want to share with you uh, something that was shared with me, kind of lightened my week. And uh, it's, it's uh, basically it asks the question, do you know your hymns? You know, the hymns that we used to always sing? Think of this. The dentist hymn is crown him with many crowns. The weatherman's hymn is there shall be showers of blessing. The realtor's hymn is I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. And the IRS hymn is I surrender all. Now, if you're a driver on the highway and you're driving 55 miles an hour, your hymn is God will take care of you. If you're driving 65, uh, it is well with my soul. If you're driving 75, nearer my God to thee. 85, this world is not my home. 90, Lord, I'm coming home. 95, soon and very soon, I'm going to see the king. In 100 miles an hour, precious memories. So I hope that lightens your heart to receive the Lord's word today. And the question I have for you right now is, are you happy with your life as it is right now? Are you at peace? One of the things I know is that Jesus is the prince of peace. And God wants you to live at peace. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is how you are in the midst of problems. Here's the definition of peace. Number one, it is a condition in which there is no war, violence, quarrel, or disorder. Second definition is quietness. The third is calm. Did you know that you can be at peace even when the world around you is raging? I shared this with you before, but please allow me the opportunity to do this again. Two painters were asked to paint a painting depicting peace. And the first painter painted this lovely barn scene, farm scene. It had a nice little barn with the white picket fence, and it had some cows and a little pond and ducks. And everything was just so beautiful, green, green meadows, and it just looked very peaceful, very, very bright blue sky and a bright sun. But the second painter painted a real stormy scene. It was like a a rock cliff, and it had the ocean coming up and smashing the waves against the rocks, and it was just dark, and uh, you could just see the clouds were black. But one of the first things your eyes almost immediately saw was there was this nest with a bird in it 
up in the cleft of a rock, completely covered, not wet, not upset, but in total peace. And I want to just say that that second painting is more reality. We all would love to have that pastoral setting of the farm and barnyard scene where everything is always peaceful, but how many of you know that's not life? That's not really the way life is. But the word peace, if you go through God's Word, you will find that it occurs in some form in the entire Bible over 400 times. So I believe it's an important subject for us. And when we look at the news today, when you look at the news today, you know, one of the things we see is we see high prices. We see a lack of job security. You don't have to look too far and you see corruption. You go and look and you find that the moral fabric of the society of America seems to kind of be tearing apart at the seams, and political unrest is at all levels. In fact, gasoline, I noticed, it. man, it's gone up in the past week, hasn't it? I just noticed here in Phoenix, it's gone up 60 cents in the last couple of weeks, gone up 40 cents just in this past week. And I read somewhere just recently where inflation has forced the typical American household to spend $709 more than we did two years ago. And to put that in perspective, that means you would need an $8,500 raise for this year just to pay for what you paid for two years ago. So it almost seems impossible when you hear all these things and you are bombarded with all these things, how can we have as people peace of mind? Well, I'm glad you asked the question because there's good news. Because you can have peace of mind. Jesus said this, look at this first scripture, and I've got this outline for you so you can follow along with me. John chapter 14 and verse 27 is our foundation scripture. And these are the words of of Jesus where he says, peace. Everybody say, peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Everybody say, his peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Well, that means the world must have a, a type of peace. Now watch this. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And you know, I believe people all over the world, they are searching for this. They are looking for peace of mind. They are looking for peace in their heart. They're looking for peace in the relationships. They're looking for peace among race. They're looking for peace among nations. And Jesus said, I leave that with you, but it's not like what the world gives. I give it to you because it's my peace, the peace of God. And based on those words, it is clear, church, that we cannot find the peace that I'm talking about today outside the parameters of God. St. Augustine once said, our souls are restless until they find rest in God. So how can we have peace today? The Bible says, is very specific. Look in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. 
And as you turn there and look at this, I want you to notice the first point. How we have peace today must begin, number one, by letting God have control of our life. When you give Jesus your burdens, cast your burdens on Him. Cast your cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. So when you give Jesus your burdens and you allow Him to guide you, you will find rest. Here's what He says, Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart or meek. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now notice he uses the word rest in verses 28-29. Rest, finding rest for your souls, that's one of the definitions of peace. You are at rest. If you strive, you're not knowing God and letting Him be God. And here's why I'm saying that. The Word of God says, cease striving and know that I am God. See, it's once, once we get to the point where it's like, I can't, I can't be in strife over this anymore. Amen? How many of you know you can't fix everything? And I know for all of you fixers in the room, that's a difficult thing to swallow because you, you're a fixer. You want to fix it. You want to fix relationships. You want to fix problems. You want to fix your kids or you want to fix your spouse or you want to fix the situation. But sometimes God says, uh, the battle belongs to me. And we gotta, we got to begin to understand that until we let go of the reins, God can't lead it. So that's why point number one is point number one, is we've got to let God take control of our life. And we find that in what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, 28 and 30. So... In these verses, there are three things that I want you to see. I've, I put them underneath your, on your notes as A, B, and C under number one. He teaches us three things that we need to do in order to have true peace or rest. Number one, letter A is, you've got to come to Jesus. You know, even as a believer in Jesus, even after you've come to Jesus, you still have to keep coming to Him. You know, as Jesus walked and lived this life, he always went to his father every day because he said, I only do what I see the father do. Well, when did he see it? He saw it in his prayer time. The Lord spoke to him. Father, father God said, this is today. This is where we're, what we're doing today. And so he always came to the father. And so the very, 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 very first thing you have to do if you're watching or listening online today or in this room and don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I think everybody here does, however, you have to accept Him as your Lord. That means He's on the throne of your life. That means He's king. That means He gets to call the shots. He gets to say, this is where you go. This is what you do. This is how it's done. And if we have not done that, the very first thing you have got to do is you must go take step one and ask Jesus into your heart. Only Jesus can give you perfect peace. That's why he said, come to me, number one. You know, a lot of people, 
are looking for peace in other areas of life. But those areas are only providing them temporary peace. That's the peace of the world. You know, a lot of times it's somebody accomplishing something, then they accomplish the goal, and then all of a sudden they're not satisfied. Or maybe it's an athlete, like I said a week or two ago about an athlete reaching his goal, and then all of a sudden he's still not happy. You know, he said, I built this ladder of success, and now my ladder's hanging up against the wrong wall. I'm still not happy. I'm still not where I want to be. A lot of people look at for money. They look at it in fame or they look at it in possessions. But church, money, fame, and possessions all fade away. There's never a U-Haul attached to a coffin. You can't take a thing with you except people to heaven. You see, the Bible says that the love and peace of God will remain forever and ever. The peace that comes through a relationship with Jesus, I want to assure you, will will outlast anything this world has to offer you. So come to Jesus. Secondly, take his yoke. Now, today, we're not as familiar with the term yoke as the audience that would have heard Jesus speak this because they were an agricultural group. Uh, In fact, they were even way before the agriculture of today where it's a lot of machinery that takes care of a lot of these things. But in those days, the way you plowed a field is you had a pair of oxen and you yoked them together with a wooden yoke and it it went around their necks and it attached them together. You attached that to to, uh, your leather so you could guide them and you took those reins and you led them where you wanted them to go, and they would begin to plow the field for you. But Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. So this yoke normally is a very heavy wooden harness placed over the neck of these oxen in order to pull a heavy wagon while the farmer directs them. So how does that apply to you today? How does it apply to us today? Well, your yoke might be guilt, might be shame. Maybe you're walking around in a guilt or in a yoke of worry. Or maybe you're yoked down with finances or you've got a relationship, heavy, heavy, heavy yoke. And your burden may be that you're trying to carry what only he can carry. That's trying to find peace outside of Jesus, as simple as I can get. But there's good news. Look at your neighbor and say, good news. Jesus wants to make your load light by replacing your heavy yoke with his light yoke, which is God's grace, by the way. So he said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In other words, you get... You're carrying your burden today. I was carrying a ladder today. The part I was carrying felt kind of heavy. But uh, if you're carrying something today, listen, let Jesus help you. Amen? In fact, give him your burden, and he'll give you his. And I'll tell you what, you're going to be the one in a better position after that. Because we need to give Jesus the reins of our life so he can teach us and guide us. How many of you know it all? 
You still need to be taught. You still need to be guided through this life. You see, sometimes I think we get to adulthood and we think, oh, I know everything. No, we don't because we're, 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 we've got all these yokes on us that we need God to take off and help us and lead us. We need to leave our abilities. We need to leave our future and our problems in his hands. So if you are walking with that in your heart and in your life today, can I just say it's better if you just let him have it. We've got to ask Jesus to replace our worry with his lack of worry. You know, he even told us in Matthew chapter 6 that the lilies of the field, God clothes them. Why are you worrying about what kind of clothes you're going to wear? Amen? So, we can experience the promise of peace. Look at Luke chapter 17 and verse 33. It says this, Jesus says again, whoever seeks to save his life, what's going to happen? He's going to lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it or save it. So you've got to lose your life in him, and then you'll truly find life. So number one, let God control your life. Say that out loud. Amen. Number two is follow the Holy Spirit. Now, I think there needs to be a lot more teaching on the Holy Spirit. Because He's the one, Jesus said, I'm going to send to you to be your helper. Your helper. God speaks to us today through the Holy Spirit, so we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. We need to know His voice. We need to know when God is speaking. We need to become accustomed to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times, and I'm sad to say this, but many times Christians, when you come to the Lord and you give your life to Him, the tendency is to go back to your old ways of listening to the old man or the old woman of who you were before. We've got to stop allowing our old nature to control us. It's called walking in the flesh. The Corinthians was a church that were filled with the Holy Spirit, but they were very, very carnal. They were babies because they never really left their old ways. And we can't have God and self. Somebody is ultimately going to be the king. And we've got to make sure that that is God. So how do we do that? How do we allow the Holy Spirit to take control? In Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 3, the Bible says to set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Don't keep thinking about all the stuff that's down here. You gotta begin, if you've got a problem, if you have a problem in a relationship, if you have a problem with a child, if you have a problem in a marriage, don't keep looking at the problem. Put your mind on the things that are above. Begin to look at the answer. Begin to focus upon what God says about the situation. Amen? And, and don't, here's the other problem that we often get into is we're always talking the problem. We're always speaking about what's going on that's a problem instead of speaking what is the answer to the problem. 
Now, I'm not saying don't know that what the problem is. Identify the problem, but speak the answer to the problem. Amen? So set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And, I, and this is the reason why. He said, for you died. Did you all know that when you came to know the Lord, you died? Paul says, I die daily. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when we begin to set our thoughts on higher things, when we see life through the eyes of faith instead of fear, peace is going to come. When we have a financial need, what we have to do is we have to look higher and we've got to see God's supply over our need. Because He said, I will supply all your needs. Not according to your need, but according to my riches in glory. How many of you believe God's, God's riches far surpass your need? See, it's not according to your need. And that's why he said, when we give and we sow and we tithe, he said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to bless you until you can't get blessed anymore. Until you don't have even, you're not going to have room to receive it. How many of you think, I, I still got more room? But my point is this, when we look higher and we see God's promise to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory, it changes the way we think. When we are sick, we've got to look much higher, and we've got to see that Jesus paid for all of it. He was wounded for my transgressions, yes. He was bruised for my iniquities, and the chastisement of my peace, or where the chastisement right here in my mind where I have peace and in my heart was upon him, and by his stripes, my body's whole. So see, he bought it all. He paid for it all. When we feel alone, some people today, man, people are feeling alone today. You've got to look higher. Just look higher and see that Jesus has promised this. He said, I'm, listen, I'm never going to leave you. I will never forsake you. Though a mother will forsake her child, I will never forsake you. And as you study God's word, you will begin to set your mind on things above. And as you set your mind on things above, you will become stronger in your faith and you will begin walking in the spirit. Look at Proverbs 3 and verse 5. We've got to trust what God says in His Word because when we trust Him, we'll have peace. Look at Proverbs. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The next verse says, And in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So let God control your life. Now say this, follow the Holy Spirit. And point number three is take peace seriously. Joyce Meyer has a series called Calm, Cool, and Collected. And in that series, she makes a point that we need to take peace a little more seriously. And if we're always losing our temper, or if we're always worrying and getting stressed out, we most likely don't appreciate peace enough. We've got to take it seriously. Look at Matthew 5 and verse 9. 
Notice that most of these are all from Jesus. The words of our Lord. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, I've got a question for you. Can you be a peacemaker without not knowing peace? So, see, you've got to know peace. In fact, uh, years ago, I saw this little little phrase, and it's kind of a uh, play on words. But the first one was, no Jesus, no peace, and it was N-O. N-O, if there's no Jesus, there's N-O, no peace. But if you know Jesus, K-N-O, K-N-O-W, no Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace. Kind of sounds like point number one. We got to come to Jesus. And we got to keep coming to him. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall become, or called rather, sons of God. And here's the very real thing. Listen, if we, as God's people, if we allow strife and contention in our life, we will block the blessings of God. Because there's what the Bible says, where strife and division is, there's every evil thing. The devil just comes in and messes it up. Now, I want to just say that living at peace doesn't mean you always have to agree with everybody. I'm not talking about that. I mean, even within the church, there's disagreements on how things to be done and on and on. But we've got to, we've got to find common ground. Amen? You know what? Whatever happened to the let's agree to just disagree about that? We don't agree. And let's not keep focusing on what we don't agree about. Amen? How many of you know there are a lot of churches on this road right here on Central Avenue? There's a lot of, how come there's not just one? Now, if you get to talking to the pastors of each of these churches, do you think they believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior? Not all of them. I know that there's some that don't. But, yeah, Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yeah. Then why are we not in the same church? Because it's just, it's, it's the details. It's some of the stuff that's in the details. But if we know the Lord as Lord and Savior, He's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to God. You know, regardless of whether you sprinkle somebody for baptism or you dunk somebody for baptism, are we honestly going to allow that to cause us not to have fellowship with one another? No. Let's just agree to disagree. But what we agree on is the most important thing. And that is Jesus. So, what that means is we don't have to be right all the time. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't have to be right all the time. I know some of that spouses, <laughs> some, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a counseling session here. I don't have to be right all the time. Oh, yeah, that's not what you told me before now. Yeah, but we'll listen to what he's saying. Just listen to what the Lord's saying. We must honor and esteem others just like we do ourselves. That's what the Bible says. We've got to make an every effort. Here's what Paul said. He said, make every effort. As far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. As much as it depends upon you. You can't control that other person. You can't control them living in peace. If they don't want to be at peace, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace. 
And you've got to work at that, listen to me, every day. We have to make a decision. I'm going to be a peacemaker today. Because you're going to have opportunities to not. Amen? Can I get a witness? Anybody here? You know what I'm talking about? And when you feel tension and you feel that strife coming into the situation, just stop for a moment. Just stop. It might startle the next person. Just stop. Take a deep breath and consider the path that you're going to take. You say, Pastor, is that in the Word? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. I don't know if I even have it down here for you. You can write that down. Here's what it says, though. Take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. Every thought, we got to take it captive. Because what you're fixing to do is speak something in the midst of that situation. Some of you, you may need to go take a walk. Some of you just need to come back later. You know, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Right now, I'm out of my brain. I can't even, I can't deal with that. Here's what Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15 says. And this is out of the New Living Translation. I love the New Living Translation here because it talks about the, uh, all the uh, weapons of our warfare. It says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now, I want to ask you this question. Do, most of, do you wear shoes usually every day? I know some of you, if you go to the pool, you're probably not wearing shoes. But most every day, we put on our shoes. Now, think about that. For shoes, in our Christian walk, we want peace shoes. We want shoes of peace. Amen? How lovely on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news. Peace is good news. So we need to have these following uh, attitudes in our mind. Number one, we have to make a decision every morning that no matter what offense comes against us, we're not going to get upset and offended. We need to keep our minds stayed in perfect peace. So when that happens is, here's, let me just walk you through it. If someone ignores you, how many of you know that just offends you if someone's ignoring you? Boy, the devil wants to get in there and go, why did they ignore me? What, what, what did I do wrong? Why didn't they say hi? I'm just going to, man, I'm going to get offended. I'm just going to walk offended. No, listen, if somebody ignores you, maybe they're having a bad day. You know, just give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't let it come on you. If someone is rude to you, don't give them your peace. Don't give up your peace for tit for tat. It's no big deal. You can rise above it. You're above all things, not beneath any. If somebody is talking behind your back, listen, that's all right. God is your vindicator. Don't sink to their level and start arguing with them. Are you with me? And so when we decide to walk in peace, we will be prepared for whatever comes our way. If we'll make a decision every day, I'm going to be a person of peace. And peace is not just a feeling. It's a state of being. It's a state of being. Jesus was in perfect peace. They didn't rattle him because he knew who he was, and he knew what he was going for. He knew what he was there. And peace in the biblical sense, I wrote this down for you, peace in the biblical sense, if you took a Strong's Concordance and you found out what his peace means, it literally means to set at one again. In other words, you're not all bent out of shape. You're not flying apart. You're not in a lot of different pieces. 
when you are at one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you can have true peace on the inside. Do you know, strife is such a powerful force, and it is running rampant right now in our nation. Strife. Division. What does the devil want to do? Divide and conquer. A house divided, it can't stand. Well, what am I going to use to divide it? Strife. Think about your own home. Strife, if it gets in your family, if it gets in your marriage, if it gets in among your kids, strife is the thing you got to make sure is kicked out. Amen? Marriage and family is torn apart because of strife. Businesses are destroyed because of strife. Relationships are divided by strife and division and the lack of peace. And understand that the enemy will make sure uh, the enemy will make sure you get plenty of opportunities this week, even after I'm done preaching to you, possibly before the day ends, he will make sure you have plenty of opportunities to get upset with your situation and the people that are around you. Right then, you've got a decision to make. You know, things often happen on a daily basis that will aggravate you and make you want to be rude or angry towards those around you, but you don't have to fall for that trap. Look at your neighbor and say, don't fall for it. Listen, you don't have to live aggravated, frustrated, and irritated. As children of the Most High, you're above that. So with Jesus, you can have peace. You can have security. Now let me leave you with these psalms, and then I'm going to give you some practical things to take home. The Bible says in Psalm 85 and verse 8, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Psalm 119, 165, King James says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Sounds a little bit like what we're talking about, doesn't it? Psalm 34, 14 and 15, search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. How many would say going after peace is right? And the Lord's watching over you. So let me, let me end this, put the, the caboose to this message today, and say this. There are four practical things that you can do to have more peace in your life. And again, this comes from Joyce Meyer's series, Calm, Cool, and Collected. She gives this advice. Number one, take inventory. Take inventory. Do you have too much on your plate? A lot of times too many people have too much on their plate. They're trying to do too much, trying to juggle too much, and they're walking in strife. Are your days overcrowded with too much activity? You're going to have to maybe give something up. You know, can I say this to 2023 America? Jesus called us to be fruitful, not busy. Bear fruit. I just want you to have fruit. And if there's some branches on you, they're not bearing fruit, and you just keep on doing stuff just because you've been doing it out of habit, but you're not getting any fruit of it, cut it out. Look at your neighbor and say, cut it out. I mean it. If it's not doing anything for you, listen, that's one of the hardest things for a church to do is if you've done something for 20, 30 years, but it's not producing any fruit, kill the horse. Stop riding that thing. Say, oh, no, wait, but we, that's tradition. Right. You don't do anything just based out of tradition if it's not accomplishing something. All right, number two is don't be a people pleaser. 
Now, I don't know how many needed to hear that, but I know somebody, at least one person in this room needed to hear not being a people pleaser. A lot of times we lack peace because we keep trying to please everyone all the time, and you can't do it because this person's not going to be pleased the same way with this person. And if you try to please this person, you're going to tick that person off. If you try to please that person, you're going to tick that person off. And ultimately, if you're trying to please people, he's not happy. So we just need to please God and let people... You know, Lord, take care of that. We need to learn you can't always please everyone. Don't be rude, but sometimes you just need to say, no, I can't do that. Number three, mind your own business. Man, some people need to hear this today in the world. Man, listen, mind your own business. Amen, pastor, preach it. The less you know about everyone's business, the better off you are. Take a book from take a take a, a break from Facebook and Instagram. Take a break. Well, look what's going on in their life. Leave it alone. Don't take it on. You know, being nosy and spending energy worrying about what everyone else is doing is going to produce nothing close to peace. You say, Pastor, you're meddling. Well, hallelujah. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4.11, again, out of the New Living Translation. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business. Like I said at the beginning, church, listen, this all starts with coming to Jesus. If you're watching, you're listening online, and you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, He is the only way to the Father. And one of His names is Prince of peace. How many of you want to follow somebody that knows a little bit about peace? He's Prince of Peace. And I also want to say this for those of you that maybe think God's not paying attention to you. Maybe you think God can't help you. You'd be wrong. Because God loves you and God has provision for you in your particular situation. And right now, the Bible says, here's the thing the Bible says. God says, behold, I am setting before you life and death. And do you know, church, we choose it every single day. We choose life words, life actions, or death words and death actions. Amen? So choose life. Let's all bow. If you're watching, listening here in the room or online, and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you just pray this after me? Simply say, Dear God, I am sorry for sinning against you. Please forgive me. I turn from it right now. I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. I ask Jesus to come into my heart right now and to live through me and to give me the peace I seek. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for forgiving me and for receiving me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer and you mean it, he hears it and he'll answer it just like that. So, are you at peace? I pray you are, and I pray if you aren't, you'll know how to get there now. 
Amen. God bless you. I know that he loves you. Walk in his peace today and be a peacemaker wherever you go. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with every man and every woman. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You're dismissed today.